Chapter fifty one, part six of the history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, volume five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M.B. The History of the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, Volume 5, Chapter 51, Conquests by the Arabs, Part 6. The sieges and battles of six campaigns had consumed many thousands of the Muslims. They died with the reputation and the cheerfulness of martyrs, and the simplicity of their faith may be expressed in the words of an Arabian youth when he embraced, for the last time, his sister and mother. It is not, he said, the delicacies of Syria or the fading delights of this world that have prompted me to devote my life in the cause of religion, but I seek the favor of God and his apostle, and I have heard from one of the companions of the prophet that the spirits of the martyrs will be lodged in the crops of green birds who shall taste the fruits and drink of the rivers of paradise. Farewell, we shall meet again among the groves and fountains which God has provided for his elect. The faithful captives might exercise a passive and more arduous resolution, and a cousin of Mohammed is celebrated for refusing, after an abstinence of three days, the wine and pork, the only nourishment that was allowed by the malice of the infidels. The frailty of some weaker brethren exasperated the implacable spirit of fanaticism, and the father of Amr deplored in pathetic strains the apostasy and damnation of a son who had renounced the promises of God and the intercession of the prophet to occupy with the priests and deacons the lowest mansions of hell. The more fortunate Arabs, who survived the war and persevered in their faith, were restrained by their abstemious leader from the abuse of prosperity. After a refreshment of three days, Abu Obeda withdrew his troops from the pernicious contagion of the luxury of Antioch, and assured the caliph that their religion and virtue could only be preserved by the hard discipline of poverty and labor. But the virtue of Omar, however rigorous to himself, was kind and liberal to his brethren. After a just tribute of praise and thanksgiving, he dropped a tear of compassion, and, sitting down on the ground, wrote an answer, in which he mildly censured the severity of his lieutenant. God, said the successor of the prophet, has not forbidden the use of the good things of this world to faithful men, and such as have performed good works. Therefore you ought to have given them leave to rest themselves and partake freely of those good things which the country affordeth. If any of the Saracens have no family in Arabia, they may marry in Syria, and whosoever of them wants any female slaves, he may purchase as many as he hath occasion for. The conqueror is prepared to use, or to abuse, this gracious permission. But the year of their triumph was marked by a mortality of men and cattle, and twenty-five thousand Saracens were snatched away from the possession of Syria. The death of Abu Obeda might be lamented by the Christians, but his brethren reflected that he was one of the ten elect whom the prophet had named as the heirs of paradise. Khaled survived his brethren about three years, and the tomb of the sword of God is shown in the neighborhood of Emesa. His valor, which founded in Arabia and Syria the empire of the caliphs, 
was fortified by the opinion of a special providence, and as long as he wore a cap which had been blessed by Mohammed, he deemed himself invulnerable amongst the darts of the infidels. The place of the first conquerors was supplied by a new generation of their children and countrymen. Syria became the seat and support of the house of Omiya, and the revenue, the soldiers, the ships of their powerful kingdom were consecrated to enlarge on every side the empire of the caliphs. But the Saracens despise a superfluity of fame, and their historians scarcely condescend to mention the subordinate conquests which are lost in the splendor and rapidity of their victorious career. To the north of Syria they passed Mount Taurus, and reduced to their obedience the province of Cilicia, with its capital Tarsus, the ancient monument of the Assyrian kings. Beyond a second ridge of the same mountains, they spread the flame of war rather than the light of religion, as far as the shores of the Eusini and the neighborhood of Constantinople. To the east they advanced to the banks and sources of the Euphrates and Tigris. The long-disputed barrier of Rome and Persia was forever confounded. The walls of Edessa and Amida, of Dara and Nisbis, which had resisted the arms and engines of Sapor, or Nershurvan, were leveled in the dust, and the holy city and the holy city of Abgaris might vainly produce the epistle or the image of Christ to an unbelieving conqueror. To the west the Syrian kingdom is bounded by the sea, and the ruin of Aradus, a small island or peninsula on the east, was postponed during ten years. But the hills of Libanus abounded in timber. The trade of Phoenicia was populous in mariners, and a fleet of seventeen hundred barks was equipped and manned by the natives of the desert. The imperial navy of the Romans fled before them, and the Pamphylian rocks to the Hellespont. But the spirit of the emperor, a grandson of Heraclius, had been subdued before the combat by a dream and a pun. The Saracens rode masters of the sea and the islands of Cyprus, Rhodes, and the Cyclades were successively exposed to their rapacious visits. Three hundred years before the Christian era, the memorable though fruitless siege of Rhodes by Demetrius had furnished that maritime republic with the materials and the subject of a trophy. A gigantic statue of Apollo, or the sun, seventy cubits in height, was erected at the entrance of the harbor, a monument of the freedom and the arts of Greece. After standing fifty-six years, the Colossus of Rhodes was overthrown by an earthquake, but the massy trunk and huge fragments lay scattered eight centuries on the ground, and are often described as one of the wonders of the ancient world. They were collected by the diligence of the Saracens, and sold to a Jewish merchant of Edessa, who is said to have laden nine hundred camels with the weight of the brass metal. An enormous weight! though we should include the hundred colossal figures, and the three thousand statues which adorned the prosperity of the city of the sun. The conquest of Egypt may be explained by the character of the victorious Saracen, one of the first of his nation, in an age when the meanest of the brethren was exalted above his nature by the spirit of enthusiasm. The birth of Amru was at once base and illustrious. His mother, a notorious prostitute, was unable to decide among five of the Koresh, but the proof of resemblance adjudged the child to Asi, the oldest of her lovers. The youth of Amru was impelled by the passions and prejudices of his kindred. 
his poetic genius was exercised in satirical verses against the person and doctrine of mohammed his dexterity was employed by the reigning faction to pursue the religious exiles who had taken refuge in the court of the ethiopian king yet he returned from this embassy a secret proselyte his reason or his interest determined him to renounce the worship of idols he escaped from mecca with his friend khaled and the prophet of medina enjoyed at the same moment the satisfaction of embracing the two firmest champions of his cause the impatience of amru to lead the armies of the faithful was checked by the reproof of omar who advised him not to seek power and dominion since he who is a subject to-day may be a prince to-morrow yet his merit was not overlooked by the first two successors of mohammed they were indebted to his arms for their conquest of palestine and in all the battles and sieges of syria he united with the temper of a chief the valour of an adventurous soldier in a visit to medina the caliph expressed a wish to survey the sword which had cut down so many christian warriors the son of asi unsheathed the short and ordinary scimitar and he perceived the surprise of omar alas said the modest saracen the sword itself without the arm of its master is neither sharper nor more weighty than the sword of Ferezdak the poet. After the conquest of Egypt, he was recalled by the jealousy of the caliph Othman. His powerful support, both in council and in the field, established the throne of the Omiades. The administration and revenue of Egypt were restored by the gratitude of Moawiyah to a faithful friend who had raised himself above the rank of a subject, and Amru ended his days in the palace and city which he had founded on the banks of the Nile. His dying speech to his children is celebrated by the Arabians as a model of eloquence and wisdom. He deplored the errors of his youth, but if the penitent was still infected by the vanity of a poet, he might exaggerate the venom and mischief of his impious compositions. From his camp in Palestine, Amru had surprised or anticipated the caliph's leave for the invasion of Egypt the magnanimous omar trusted in his god and his sword which had shaken the thrones of Khosros and caesar but when he compared the slender force of the moslems with the greatness of the enterprise he condemned his own rashness and listened to his timid companions the pride and the greatness of pharaoh were familiar to the readers of the koran and a tenfold repetition of prodigies had been scarcely sufficient to effect not the victory but the flight of six hundred thousand of the children of israel the cities of egypt were many and populous their architecture was strong and solid the nile with its numerous branches was alone an insuperable barrier and the granary of the imperial city would be obstinately defended by the roman powers in this perplexity the commander of the faithful resigned himself to the decision of chance or in his opinion of providence at the head of only four thousand arabs the intrepid amru had marched away from his station of gaza when he was overtaken by the messenger of omar if you are still in syria said the ambiguous mandate retreat without delay but if at the receipt of this epistle you have already reached the frontiers of egypt advance with confidence and depend on the succour of god and of your brethren the experience perhaps the secret intelligence of amru had taught him to suspect the mutability of courts and he continued his march till his tents were unquestionably placed on egyptian ground 
he there assembled his officers broke the seal perused the epistle gravely inquired the name and situation of the place and declared his ready obedience to the commands of the caliph after a siege of thirty days he took possession of pharma or pelusium and that key of egypt as it has been justly named unlocked the entrance of the country as far as the ruins of heliopolis and the neighborhood of the modern cairo on the western side of the nile at a small distance to the east of the pyramids at a small distance to the south of the delta memphis one hundred and fifty furlongs in circumference displayed the magnificence of ancient kings under the reign of the ptolemies and caesars the seat of government was removed to the sea-coast the ancient capital was eclipsed by the arts and opulence of alexandria the palaces and at length the temples were reduced to a desolate and ruinous condition yet in the age of augustus and even in that of constantine memphis was still numbered among the greatest and most populous of the provincial cities the banks of the nile in this place of the breadth of three thousand feet were united by two bridges of sixty and thirty boats connected in the middle stream by the small island of ruda which was covered with gardens and habitations the eastern extremity of the bridge was terminated by the town of babylon and the camp of a roman legion which protected the passage of the river and the second capital of egypt this important fortress which might fairly be described as a part of memphis or misra was invested by the arms of the lieutenant of omar a reinforcement of four thousand saracens soon arrived in his camp and the military engines which battered the walls may be imputed to the art and labor of his syrian allies yet the siege was protracted to seven months and the rash invaders were encompassed and threatened by the inundation of the nile their last assault was bold and successful they passed the ditch which had been fortified with iron spikes applied their scaling ladders entered the fortress with the shout of god is victorious and drove the remnant of the greeks to their boats and the isle of ruda the spot was afterwards recommended to the conqueror by the easy communication with the gulf and the peninsula of arabia the remains of memphis were deserted the tents of the arabs were converted to permanent habitations and the first mosque was blessed by the presence of fourscore companions of mohammed a new city arose in their camp on the eastward bank of the nile and the contiguous quarters of babylon and fostat are confounded in their present decay by the appellation of old misra or cairo of which they form an extensive suburb but the name of cairo the town of victory more strictly belongs to the modern capital which was founded in the tenth century by the fatimite caliphs it has gradually receded from the river but the continuity of buildings may be traced by an attentive eye from the monuments of sestostris to those of saladin yet the arabs after a glorious and profitable enterprise must have retreated to the desert had not they found a powerful alliance in the heart of the country the rapid conquest of alexander was assisted by the superstition and revolt of the natives they abhorred their persian oppressors the disciples of the magi who had burnt the temples of egypt and feasted with sacrilegious appetite on the flesh of the god apis after a period of ten centuries the same revolution was renewed by a similar cause 
and in the support of an incomprehensible creed the zeal of the coptic christians was equally ardent i have already explained the origin and progress of the monophysite controversy and the persecution of the emperors which converted a sect into a nation and alienated egypt from their region and government the saracens were received as the deliverers of the jacobite church and a secret and effectual treaty was opened during the siege of memphis between a victorious army and a people of slaves a rich and noble egyptian of the name of Macaucus had dissembled his faith to obtain the administration of his province in the disorders of the persian war he aspired to independence the embassy of mahomet ranked him among princes but he declined with rich gifts and ambiguous compliments the proposal of a new religion the abuse of his trust exposed him to the resentment of heraclius his submission was delayed by arrogance and fear and his conscience was prompted by interest to throw himself on the favor of the nation and the support of the saracens in his first conference with amru he heard without indignation the usual option of the koran the tribute or the sword the greeks replied Macaucus, are determined to abide the determination of the sword but with the greeks i desire no communion either in this world or in the next and i abjure for ever the byzantine tyrant his synod of chalcedon and his melkite slaves for myself and my brethren we are resolved to live and die in the profession of the gospel and unity of christ it is impossible for us to embrace the revelations of your prophet but we are desirous of peace and cheerfully submit to pay tribute and obedience to his temporal successors the tribute was ascertained at two pieces of gold for the head of every christian but old men monks women and children of both sexes under sixteen years of age were exempted from this personal assessment the copts above and below memphis swore allegiance to the caliph and promised a hospitable entertainment of three days to every mussulman who should travel through their country by this charter of security the ecclesiastical and civil tyranny of the melkites was destroyed the anathemas of st cyril were thundered from every pulpit and the sacred edifices with the patrimony of the church were restored to the national communion of the jacobites who enjoyed without moderation the moment of triumph and revenge at the pressing summons of amru the patriarch benjamin emerged from his desert and after their first interview the courteous arab affected to declare that he had never conversed with a christian priest of more innocent manners and a more venerable aspect in the march from memphis to alexandria the lieutenant of omar entrusted his safety to the zeal and gratitude of the egyptians the roads and bridges were diligently repaired and in every step of his progress he could depend on a constant supply of provisions and intelligence the greeks of egypt whose numbers could scarcely equal a tenth of the natives were overwhelmed by the universal defection they had ever been hated they were no longer feared the magistrate fled from his tribunal the bishop from his altar and the distant garrisons were surprised or starved by the surrounding multitudes had not the Nile afforded a safe and ready conveyance to the sea, not an individual could have escaped who by birth or language or office or religion was connected with their odious name. 
by the retreat of the greeks from the provinces of upper egypt a considerable force was collected in the island of delta the natural and artificial channels of the nile afforded a succession of strong and defensible posts and the road to alexandria was laboriously cleared by the victory of the saracens in two and twenty days of general or partial combat in their annals of conquest the siege of alexandria is perhaps the most arduous and important enterprise the first trading city in the world was abundantly replenished with the means of subsistence and defence her numerous inhabitants fought for the dearest of human rights religion and prosperity and the enmity of the natives seemed to exclude them from the common benefit of peace and toleration the sea was continually open and if heracleus had been awake to the public distress fresh armies of romans and barbarians might have been poured into the harbour to save the second capital of the empire a circumference of ten miles would have scattered the forces of the greeks and favoured the stratagems of an active enemy but the two sides of an oblong square were covered by the sea and the lake Mariotis, and each of the narrow ends exposed a front of no more than ten furlongs the efforts of the arabs were not inadequate to the difficulty of the attempt and the value of the prize from the throne of medina the eyes of omar were fixed on the camp and city his voice excited to arms the arabian tribes and the veterans of syria and the merit of a holy war was recommended by the peculiar fame and fertility of egypt anxious for the ruin or expulsion of their tyrants the faithful natives devoted their labors to the service of amru some sparks of martial spirit were perhaps rekindled by the example of their allies and the sanguine hopes of mokaucus had fixed his sepulchre in the church of st john of alexandria eutychius the patriarch observes that the saracens fought with the courage of lions they repulsed the frequent and almost daily sallies of the besieged and soon assaulted in their turns the walls and towers of the city in every attack the sword the banner of amru glittered in the van of the moslems on a memorable day he was betrayed by his imprudent valour his followers who had entered the citadel were driven back and the general with a friend and slave remained a prisoner in the hands of the christians when amru was conducted before the prefect he remembered his dignity and forgot his situation a lofty demeanour and resolute language revealed the lieutenant of the caliph and the battle-axe of a soldier was already raised to strike off the head of the audacious captive his life was saved by the readiness of his slave who instantly gave his master a blow on the face and commanded him with an angry tone to be silent in the presence of his superiors the credulous greek was deceived he listened to the offer of a treaty and his prisoners were dismissed in the hope of a more respectable embassy till the joyful acclamations of the camp announced the return of their general and insulted the folly of the infidels at length after a siege of fourteen months and the loss of three and twenty thousand men the saracens prevailed the greeks embarked their dispirited and diminished numbers and the standard of mahomet was planted on the walls of the capital of egypt i have taken said amru to the caliph the great city of the west 
it is impossible for me to enumerate the variety of its riches and beauty and i shall content myself with observing that it contains four thousand palaces four thousand baths four thousand theatres or places of amusement twelve thousand shops for the sale of vegetable food and forty thousand tributary jews the town has been subdued by force of arms without treaty or capitulation and the moslems are impatient to seize the fruits of their victory the commander of the faithful rejected with firmness the idea of pillage and directed his lieutenant to reserve the wealth and revenue of alexandria for the public service and the propagation of the faith the inhabitants were numbered a tribute was imposed the zeal and resentment of the jacobites was curbed and the melkites who submitted to the arabian yoke were indulged in the obscure but tranquil exercise of their worship the intelligence of this disgraceful and calamitous event afflicted the declining health of the emperor and heracleus died of a dropsy about seven weeks after the loss of alexandria under the minority of his grandson the clamours of a people deprived of their daily sustenance compelled the byzantine court to undertake the recovery of the capital of egypt in the space of four years the harbour and fortifications of alexandria were twice occupied by a fleet and army of romans they were twice expelled by the valour of amru who was recalled by the domestic peril from the distant wars of tripoli and nubia but the facility of this attempt the repetition of the insult and the obstinacy of the resistance provoked him to swear that if a third time he drove the infidels into the sea he would render alexandria as accessible on all sides as the house of a prostitute faithful to his promise he dismantled several parts of the walls and towers but the people were spared the chastisement of the city and the mosque of mercy was erected on the spot where the victorious general had stopped the fury of his troops end of chapter fifty one part six